Fit Nation. It's Fit Nation. Awesome. Although the years have changed now and we go by different names, I remember the sound of our roof in the rain. And my mind goes back in time to a place so far gone Where the love we left behind us was still new We were listening to a record on the end of your bed Not giving thought to where it was all going And I was right then and there so badly I could read your mind Just so I could know the things that you were knowing I believe, yes I do The hardest part is always leaving love behind I believe, yes I do That everything we lose Will be a gift in time But the hardest part is leaving love behind When it was time to say goodbye Those words came down like stones I admit for so long after It was hard to feel at home We would hear the highway song Shifting down in the night I was grateful that the echoes broke the quiet I believe, yes I do The hardest part is always leaving love behind I believe, yes I do That everything we lose will be a gift in time But the hardest part is leaving love behind time ago It's just a lesson learned in love It's not angry It's not sad Sometimes you gotta lose something to know what you have I believe, I believe Yes I do The hardest part is always leaving love behind
All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the Misfit Nation. If you are a veteran and you are struggling or feel like you are leading a path towards the darkness, stop and think about those who are around you. Think about how they truly value you, how they will miss you. You are not alone. You need to talk to someone. Someone will listen to you. If you feel like the problems you're having inside your head are a burden to someone or you're embarrassed to talk to your friends and family, call the anonymous hotline at 1-800-273-8255 and press option one. Don't make a permanent solution to a temporary problem. If you're a new listener, thanks for joining us. Please subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast apps to include the Military Broadcast Radio app. And check out our family of shows. They're all hosted by awesome veterans. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel at the underscore Misfit Nation. It's the underscore Misfit Nation. Subscribe and click the bell. This will keep you up to date with our latest news episodes and, of course, the stories of our guests. Speaking of which, our next guest guides leaders in transition who are unclear uh, to go from fear to fired up. Through her renowned Spark Your Alpha system, she, uh, her audience is inclined to experience more confidence, amplified emotional intelligence, and the work and the spark that ignites their alignment to their purpose. As the CEO, Chief Excitement Officer of Sparks of Fire International, she hosts the Power of Investing in People podcast, is the author of How to Get Your Voice Back, is a certified fearless living coach and trainer, and the co-founder of the Firestarters Book Project. So without further ado, let's welcome Shaw Sparks to the Misfit Nation. Welcome. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm glad uh, we're able to connect and uh, and. We're only about an inch and a half away on the map from each other, but uh, in real time, it's a, it's a long drive, and uh, this uh, Zoom helps us stay together and uh, keeps us close together in this world that we live in now. So if you don't mind, Sha, tell us a little bit about your uh, your story from as far back as you want to go to where we are now. Oh, my. Um, <laughs> well, I was born in a... No. <laughs> um, I'm sure everybody says that, right? They always start with that stupid joke I was born somewhere uh no so I about 13 years ago got out of an abusive relationship and started to peel away the layers of the onion that I am that we all are and heal each layer one by one and that really sparked a lot of curiosity in me and I will say it it sparked the path that I'm on now because I am now, you know, a cert, like you mentioned it before, a certified fearless living coach. Before this, when I was peeling away the layers, I was just, what I say is crawling through molasses is how it felt. I was just trying to figure out who I am, what I wanted, where I was going, what I was doing. And, um, I was just trying to heal. I was trying, I had been in survival mode my entire life up until then. And I didn't even realize it. And so once this, um, I was able to get out of this relationship, it just seemed to be an opening, an opportunity for me. Well, as I started to heal, I started to change the way I spoke to the people around me, especially my dad. And my dad was drafted to Korea in the Vietnam War, and he never talked about it. He told us the story about six months before he passed away. And up until then, my whole life, I thought he had had enlisted. I had no idea that he was drafted. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. 
Um, can I pause for a second? Yes. Can you hear the cat? Yes. So there's one out there is my side. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, okay. We can pause and I, the cat's not going to stop, I'm afraid. So it, it's, it's just light in the background. It's all right. Okay. I say, let me put in my earphones and I can. I'm thank God this isn't live. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. There we go. Yeah, I was going to say that cat is um, kind of distracting. Okay. Can you hear me okay? I got you. Yeah. Okay. Is that better? Yeah, I don't hear it anymore. (laughs) Okay, good. (sighs) So my dad had started, shared this story. And at the time he was diagnosed with two types of cancer. And so he had shared about his experience in Korea. And I'm not exactly sure what the question was or what the exact story he was explaining to us, but he said the phrase, I didn't have a choice. And when he said that, those words like permeated my soul because I thought, wow, how many times have I said that to myself? When I was in that relationship, I literally thought, I remember thinking, I don't have a choice. I have to be here. I made my bed, so I have to lie in it. Um, and I didn't think I had options. I didn't think I could choose something different. And as I had started to talk to my dad differently, he was able to go from very self-absorbed, narcissistic behavior and completely unaware of himself on an an emotionally unavailable person. And he started to shift and started to share more with me. Before I had done the work, before I had started talking to him differently, he would never have shared that conversation with me about his time in Korea. Wow. I I know he wouldn't have because he wasn't able to be vulnerable is really what it boils down to. He just, he didn't have that capacity. He wasn't taught like none of us really are. Right. And so he did, he just thought, you know, I had to suck it. He had to suck it up and be tough and show anger. That was his emotional side. Right. Right. So I started to say things to him during this healing process of dad, are you asking me to, to truly do something? Cause you want me to do it. Or are you trying to manipulate me into doing something you want me to do? And he was like, minute, minute, minute. What are you even saying? I don't even know how to say that word. And I said, manipulate. You're trying. It sounds like to me, you're actually trying to manipulate my answer, manipulate the question. So it's really not a question, but you're trying to find the answer that you're looking for rather than just asking me to do something. And it was just having conversations like that, that really just shifted how he showed up for me, but how he showed up for my brothers, how he showed up to his, for his wife and, um, jump ahead several years later. Um, we had this conversation where he's telling me that he didn't have a choice. And I just thought, man, if he only had the tools that I have as a coach, then when he came out of the, his time in the service, when he came out of, you know, I don't even say came out of when he hit that stage of life between mid thirties and, and forties, you have this shift that happens to you that you're, you're contemplating 
I'm not happy. Or some people call it a midlife crisis, right? And um, they they realize that what they're doing is not meaningful. And so he had this, he lost his job after 25 years and he left my mom and he had, was not a good father to begin with. He was not definitely not a good husband, but at this point he just left. And I now found out later that he had went to um, live with his girlfriend that he had at the time. So we had this whole like double life that was going on rather than just being able to communicate. And just being able to be vulnerable and share this, this, what he was going through, he was unwilling to do that. So what ends up happening in my own life is that I just started realizing that when I change the way I talk to people, they respond to me differently because they see that I'm being vulnerable. So it gives them permission to be vulnerable. So in the course of, uh, you know, six months after going through this healing process and peeling away the layers, I had probably three or four women who were in abusive relationships who just came to me out of nowhere. And I started helping them get out of, get out of their relationship of things that I wish someone had told me. And um, going back to my dad, cause that seems to how everything goes in my life is everything goes back to your dad, right? Um, when he was going to um, the doctor, going to the VA, he said to me, he had the, a lung, a spot in his lung. And he said, I have to go to the doctor. And I said, well, I'm going to go with you. And he said, you don't have to go with me. And I said, oh, I'm not giving you an option. I'm going with you because I need to know answers that you probably won't ask. And you might not even hear because of whatever they're going to tell you. So I will go and take notes and that way I know the best way to support you. And I think at that moment, he realized he had never had support before. Wow. Even though he had been married to my mom and even though he was married for the second time, neither one of them knew how to support another person. And my dad didn't know how to support anyone either. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so I started to go with him. And um, as you may or may not know, sitting in the VA is not um, pleasurable by any means. Not at all. And yeah. And I was sitting there and we would have an appointment and three hours later, we're still sitting there waiting. And I would take off you know, time for my business so I could be there and I would make sure it was an all day because I never knew how long I was going, we were going to be there. And I'm just sitting there soaking the, the scene in of this packed waiting room full of veterans who are just waiting to see the doctor for what, whatever ails them. Right. And they've been waiting for hours. And I'm thinking these people served our country and this is how they're treated. What's wrong with this picture? There's a whole lot wrong with this picture and what's being done about this. And I, the answer is, I don't know, to be quite honest, but I'm willing to have that conversation and I'm willing to have the conversation of how can we help people in the military when they transfer, when they transition out, how can we help 
them find their purpose before they leave the military. So they're already set up with a direction to go when they go back to, to, to civilian life and not just a direction, but they have skills and tools already set up. So they know, like you mentioned the 800 number, they know that one, but they also have a community around them because they've taken time to set that up. Right. And so I started, so my dad gets diagnosed with not just one, but two different types of cancers. Oh. And that was literally within um, a year of my mom getting diagnosed. And so my mom passes away. And then a month later, my dad gets diagnosed. And then two years later, he passes away. And I start a podcast called The Power of Investing in People. And I go to a podcast conference and I meet this gentleman who, who asked me what I do as a coach. And I said, oh, I transform trauma into treasure. And he said, have you considered working with veterans? And I said, well, that's funny you ask. They keep showing up in my life. Um, I, keep, I meet them everywhere I go, literally any networking event and there's a veteran in the room, I'm, I'm gonna automatically somehow meet, it, meet them. And um, I said, so that's interesting you say that. And uh, he said, I think you, you would be really, you would do really well in that, in that arena. And I'm a very prayerful person. And so I just, you know, said, okay, God, is this what you want me to do? Then, you know, continue to open the doors and I'll walk through them. And went in a month, literally 30 days with that conversation, I was in Washington, D.C. on Capitol Hill in a congresswoman's office talking to them about what they are doing to help veterans find their purpose before they leave the military and transition back to civilian life. Awesome. What year was that? Um, 2019. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, but before the world changed, right? Yeah. <laughs> we'll close a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's the long answer to how I got here. <laughs> that's an awesome journey. Uh, uh, your early childhood, and then of course your adulthood with your dad is a, a, a traumatic journey for you just to find out the things that you found out about him and the way he you know, raised you and the way he treated you and your mom. So, I mean, that's, that's one bad thing. Then trying to be the caretaker for the man who was not a very good person to you or your mom, that shows that you came out a lot better in the end. Anyway, mm. you showed him, you can be that care, caregiver at the end and having to sit and you said sitting in the VA waiting room with all the seats filled mm. and everyone waiting that we used to have an old clinic here when I first I retired. And you go in there and you just felt like you were dying when you walked in there. Yes. Because it was yes. like dingy and dark and yes. everyone just looked like they were miserable. Now they opened a new one. It's wide open space. There's still people just sitting around. I believe some people just go there to hang out because mm. they have a connection. But a lot of the people that are there now are there to give blood or some something like that, a blood test and stuff like that. If they got to go for something big, they have to go all the way down to Nashville. But to your point of the transition and getting there, I asked you about the year because now we've had, I think, three three interns in my office now. So their last six months in the military, they go through the career skills program mm -hmm. and they're able to sit and choose an industry that they think they want to get into. Mm -hmm. So we've had three get with us. We're consultants, so DA, uh, DA civilians, basically. And we, we train on posts and they come and learn how to train soldiers and from the other side of it, not from the sitting in the seat. So, and nice. it's and two of them have got hired onto other firms. So it's, it's working out pretty well. Mm, I love that. 
So when you that's said that's why I said a year, okay, yeah. So it's, it's right at lines up right when the CSP wow. started to go in full strength. So that's great. I'm glad there's change. Maybe your foot on the throat of the congressperson <laughs> uh, helped out a little bit there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would just want to say I'm an advocate, not a lobbyist. Okay. So don't ever put me in that category. <laughs> right. Your foot was next to him. Right, 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 right. <laughs> There's yes. the difference between the advocate and the lobbyist. Everyone. Yes, 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 yes. Advocate does that at pure passion. The lobbyist does it for money. So. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So we talked about uh, getting away from what you knew as the norm and everything like that. A lot of people have that problem, veterans especially, like you said earlier, uh, finding that purpose again. And uh, they, don't, they know what they've been trained to do. They know what they've learned their whole life. And then if they did a whole career, 20 years or plus, they know how to put a uniform on and lead and do that job what do they know how to do on the other side so that transition's hard so it's leaving your comfort zone mm-hmm. how does someone step out of that comfort zone and say hey i'm going to jump into this feet first and tackle fear mm. well that's a really great question and not that easy right not that easy that's, that's to answer <laughs> <laughs> it's not easy to answer i mean it's not easy to do we'll put it that way right. it's easy to answer it's not easy to do so first of all there's um what i like to say about the comfort zone is it's all we know right so as, so if you pretended that you lived inside a coffee cup so i have my my bunker labs coffee cup right here literally if you pretend that you lived inside it that's the comfort zone that's all you know so you don't know that there's a handle on the outside what color it is that there might be flowers on this side you know there's options over here you have no idea but the comfort zone it keeps you safe it keeps you warm keeps you like nestled in right but there's no growth in that so you know comparing someone who like grew up in a military life and then joined the military right and i'm going to compare that to someone who's who's been in an abusive relationship but they were abused as children, then they've got an abusive relationship and then they get out. And now everything is unfamiliar where everything before was comfort zone because it was familiar. And now it's completely new. What people don't realize is that when you enter in something new, you have to give yourself grace, permission, to process the newness. And for people who are in abusive relationships, statistics will tell you that they either go back to the abuser or they go back to someone who's like that. So what you have to do is ask yourself, what is it that I don't know that I need to know in order to move forward? For an example, if someone was in like uh, in the the military uh, example, they might need to know a new skill. They might need to learn how to interview um, differently than what they have before. They might need to practice that a few times. Maybe, you know, pick, you know find a, a trusted person that they could pretend to, to interview with. There's all these different things that show up that you have no idea are going to show up until they show up, right? And so the best way to look at how to tackle it when fear shows up, because anytime anything is new, fear is going to show up. It is an emotional fear as well as a physical fear. So physical fear is something like, 
you're worried that, you know, you're not going to make it through the day if you're in an abusive relationship or you're on a combat zone, right? That's a, that's a real physical fear. An emotional fear is telling someone that you love them for the first time or telling your dad that you love him for him to hear it. That is a, an emotional fear. So anytime something is new, fear is going to show up. So the way that you can navigate going through fear is to look at it as a different zones. And you have in the center of that zone, like, like let's pretend that you drew a target on a, on a piece of paper. And in the middle, inside that coffee cup is the comfort zone. And right outside of that coffee cup or that comfort zone is called the stretch zone. And then we go a little bit bigger and we have what's called a risk zone. And then you have uh, on the outside of the risk zone, you have this die zone. So on the outside of your target is your die zone. So the comfort zone is status quo. It's comfortable. We know what we know, what we know. Stretch zone is it's new. We know we can do it. We know we could apply for that job or we could, you know, learn a new skill or we could, you know, live on our own for the first time or whatever, whatever it is, right? We know we could do it. We just haven't done it. The risk zone is, that's a little bit scarier. It's a little bit like, I don't know if I could do that. I mean, it seems like I could do it, but I'm a little afraid to actually do it. I'm actually afraid to take those steps to do it. And then the die zone is something that is like completely so out of your comfort zone. It feels like you could literally die doing it. For some people, that's public speaking. For some people, that's trying to, you know, find a relationship again after a bad one or a divorce, you know, trying to get back into the dating world, trying to reconnect with their, their spouse or reconnect with their their parent or their sibling after, you know, decades of not speaking. That's a die zone for some people. So the way to navigate it is to break it up into where it is, how the, the task that you're doing, where does that fall in those zones? Does it fall in the stretch, the risk or the die zone? And then what, how can you break it down to a small step and take that small step Rather than looking at the big picture of, oh my God, that's such a die. There's no way I could talk. There's no way I could apply for that job. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let's take it down to what if you just had that conversation? What if you just looked at the application? What if you just look, updated your resume? Right. So it's taking it from such a huge thing and navigating it to a small chunk to take on. Take the, take the fear out by making baby steps. Yes, excellent. absolutely. Yeah. And, and then what happens is when you take those baby steps then your comfort zone expands. So what used to be, because what happens when you are vulnerable, you grow confidence. <laughs> That's just how it happens. So for me, if you don't mind, I'll share a story. Uh, I was going through my, my healing and I learned that I, could not be vulnerable. It was very hard for me to be vulnerable. So I knew I needed to get comfortable in being uncomfortable. <coughs> Excuse me. And when I say uncomfortable, I don't mean like in um, risky situations, scary situations. I was more of um, 
you know, being in new places. So I started to go to events, networking events by myself, not knowing anyone and just having conversations, just practicing having conversations with new people. And a couple of things happened. One, I found that it was actually when you go up to someone and go, I'm new. <coughs> Excuse me. When you go up to someone and you say, I'm new here. Most of the time they're like, oh gosh, I'm new here too. Or I remember when I was new here. Right. And it gives you an, an automatic common bond. And then it allows you to kind of break the ice, so to speak, and have conversations, practice conversations. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> I just got over COVID. So oh. <laughs> Hopefully that's tea in the Bunker Labs cup helping you out. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, so let me get another cough drop. Um, I'm so sorry. That's all right. <clears throat> so as I started to have these um, new experiences, I decided, you know, let me, what else could I do that's really out of my comfort zone? And I was like, you know, I know that someday I want to be a speaker and speak on stage. So maybe... I need to start. <coughs> Goodness. I haven't coughed for a week and all of a sudden right now. <laughs> now it's happening. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so I wanted to practice being on stage, practice getting comfortable being on stage. So I decided to take improv classes and I took them for a year and I had so much fun and it wasn't about being funny. It was just about putting myself out there and learning to think quick on my feet and just being able to go with the flow and not have to control everything. And it was awesome. It was a huge learning experience for me. I've had friends do that and as well as the, the local TED Talk things to try to help them gain that confidence on stage and gain that confidence in front of others. And a lot of them, a few of them actually stayed with the improv thing to, I guess, I guess they call troops or whatever. They go out there and they hang out together and they do it locally or they travel around their own states and do it and have a good time. So it's a good program. Like you said, build your confidence. And then, of course, uh, the TED Talks, that helps you really get up there with a structured type of speech to get up there and have a, a goal in your speech and ask in there somewhere and actually provide information to the audience. And then you had the Bunker Labs uh, Cup there. We talked about transitioning veterans earlier. And uh, I think some of my middle... Or my early shows, I think seven or eight in a row were all Bunker Labs mm. uh, transition veterans who have businesses. And I had them all on here to talk about their business and how they're doing it and, and what they need for you know support and help and things like that. So uh, I really love uh, Bunker Labs and I think they're doing great things for veterans as well. Mm -hmm. That was actually one of my things out of my comfort zone. I went to a, uh, a startup weekend where you pitched your software idea. And out of that, I learned what Bunker Labs was. And I was like, oh my gosh, I really want to be involved with that. Well, at the time I was living in Kansas City and they didn't have it in, in Kansas City. So the gentleman I told you who I met at a podcast conference who said, hey, have you considered working with veterans? He was the city leader of Bunker Labs in San Francisco. And when he tells me that, I'm like, I know what Bunker Labs is. And he's like, you do? How do you know that? 
So I told him and I said, I've been waiting for them to launch in Kansas City. And he was like, well, they are. Let me connect you. And I um, was able to, you know, volunteer with them until the shutdown happened in Kansas City. But, you know, I think it's a great or one of my favorite organizations to work with. They do a lot and, and from either helping you with your business plan. Of course, the network is amazing, too, because there's so many people that want to reach out like you were doing volunteering to help. There's so many others out there volunteering to say, hey, I can help you with that business plan. You may want to write it this way or write mm-hmm. it that way. And then and your head gets a little, little spongy because you get a lot of information, but you learn on the fly and you learn a lot of very informative stuff from people. Absolutely. So that's a great thing that you were able to get connected with as well. So your light was a shine for the veterans and you stayed mm-hmm. with it. That's good. Yes, definitely. Definitely. All right. So let's, uh, what does spark your alpha mean? Yeah, (laughs) that's a great question. Uh, Sparker Alpha, Alpha stands for, it's an acronym, stands for awareness, leadership, purpose, hope, and alignment. And I take you through a training on each one of those. And we go over awareness of self, but also awareness of your opportunities. Oftentimes, we get so, one, we get so caught up in other people that we forget about being self-aware on what's going on with ourselves, but we also get so caught up in our goals that we get like, we have blinders on and we forget that there's all these things happening as we're on our way to our goal, that they're missed opportunities. So that's what um, the A, the first A in uh, um, awareness is. And then leadership, leadership is one of those buzzwords that people like to throw around like, oh yeah, I'm a leadership coach and I'm this and I'm that. But I go from the standpoint of how we are all leaders and then we get to choose. So it goes back to that, that where my dad said he didn't have a choice. We get to choose how we want to show up. And I think that's something that's rarely talked about is, um, you know, what is it that you think you show up and then how is it that you really want to show up? And to find the difference Um, And just by kind of noticing what resonates with each person and each person's different. There's no right right or wrong answer. It's just maybe, um, you know, you're, you're highly gifted in one area that another person isn't, but yet they aspire to that. It's like, okay, great. So if you aspire to having this gift in leadership, then what steps could you take to get more acquainted with that gift? You know, is there someone that you need to have as a mentor or have more conversations about? Is there something that you need to practice doing or being a way of being in, in order to become that, that leader that you're looking for? And then hope is, uh, or no, I'm sorry, purpose. It goes back to the, what we talked about earlier about helping find purpose. It's really about taking every obstacle that you've overcome and applying that in action of, how can you help the next person? How can you pay it forward? <coughs> I am so sorry. <laughs> and then hope is um, the opposite of fear. So when fear shows up, right, it's how can you have that aspirational hope to keep you focused to still go forward? So rather than have a goal, you have this aspirational help, hope aspirational hope in order to help propel you forward 
And then the last A is alignment. When all of these things, awareness, your leadership qualities, your leadership gifts, your purpose, your hope is there, then you're in alignment. And what does alignment feel like to you? And how do you know? And, and wh what happens when you're in alignment? And so we kind of talk about, we bring that piece in. And then it, it's more like you're in the flow. And then how things start to just automatically appear. Like for instance, with the, the, um, the opportunity to be on Capitol Hill, it was just a series of conversations. I didn't guide anything. And all of a sudden I, so that's how I knew I was in alignment because things just kept one conversation led to the next conversation, to the next, to the next, to the next. The stars aligned and there you were. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Standing next to the congressman, not, not stepping on. The <laughs> yes, exactly. Make sure we exactly. clear that up again. <laughs> exactly. So Shaf, you could give advice to the transitioning uh, veteran or military person as they come out, a couple pieces of advice for them as they come out, whether they want to pursue a business track or pr pursue a career track, what would that be? Hmm. Mm, I would say, sorry, it took me a minute to think about that. I would say, pay attention to what your thoughts go to, where your thoughts go to. It, are you thinking more along the lines of that you're really passionate about something? <clears throat> or are you thinking along the lines that you like to go to work and then come home? Or do you like to go to work, come home and work some more? <laughs> there are certain things I think uh, that kind of distinguish between employee and business owner. And I always think if you have an idea and you think about this idea for a substantial amount of time, and that could be any more than 30 days, 90 days, nine years. If you're still thinking about that, more than likely you're a business owner, but you're not um, pursuing it because fear is showing up. So I think that's one of the things that you can kind of distinguish. So to really pay attention to where your thoughts are going. And then I would also say, find yourself people that um, inspire you that you think are mentors on both sides of the thread, both sides that are in um, business owners and in employers, because you never know, you might take one lesson from one and take something from someone else and it'll still propel you in the direction that you need to go. But, it, and it might not be, you know, one specific one, but find people that inspire you and then notice, start to notice. Again, it goes back to that pay attention. Pay attention to what qualities inspire you about that person. Because oftentimes we look for someone that we think are up on a pedestal. We're like, oh my gosh, that person is, has this, this, and this, and they do all these amazing things. But then once you really start to describe them, you realize, well, most people don't realize, but I, when you, once you start to describe them, I want you to hear that what you're really describing is yourself because we are a mirror of what we see in others. So 
pay attention to your thoughts, pay, uh, find a mentor or find someone that inspires you and have conversations and then pay attention to those traits that inspire you about that, those people. Awesome. Great bits of advice there for either track that they were going on to start a business or start an, uh, the new career. Uh, thanks for sharing that with us. And Sean, how does someone get in contact with you to either sign up for your coaching or have you come on their show or just to chat with you? Yeah, absolutely. So you can go to my website, shaysparks.com. It's S-H-A-S-P-A-R-K-S.com. Um, and there is uh, my social media links on there. You could also go to um, any podcast platform and listen to my podcast, The Power of Investing in People with Shay Sparks. And in my, I just kicked off season six and in the beginning of the season six, it will tell you that um, that there's a, a Calendly link in the show notes that you can connect with me on there. There's a link that you can connect with me on there and it's anything from coaching to heart and mind fitness, um, things that I do, trainings, speaking and veteran resources. So you can always connect with me. Uh, it's a Calendly link and we can have a conversation on how I can um, further your process. So, yeah. Awesome. Thank you. And I'll make sure that I put that in the show notes as well. So people can easily press the button instead of having to, to listen and write something down. It'd be good. Yes. For them. Yes. yes. <laughs> so I've been saying your name wrong the whole show. So Shay, thank you for being on and being patient with me and messing up your name the whole show. But again, thank you for taking some of your time to share your story with us. It was much appreciated Misfit Nation. I really enjoyed it. And, have a great day. Oh, thank you for letting me be here. No problem. You know how we do this. Thanks for taking some of your time to spend with us on Fit Nation. Fit Nation. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and share the link as much as possible. If you want to, please become a supporter to help us carry this thing on. We appreciate you. If you know someone that brings that energy, has a great story, is an up-and-comer in any industry of music, in the arts, have them reach out to us on TheMisfitNation.com. We will get back to them within one day and get them on here so they can share their story with the world. As always, till next time, be humble, stay hungry, and keep hustling, because we are Fit Nation.